Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Today is what day of fasting and prayers? If you don't know what you're talking about, you're sleeping. Today is day seven of prayers and fasting. And today is prayer for all nations. And Tafet did a wonderful job leading us to pray for all nations. The Lord is good. And who can tell me the... The theme of this praying fasting. Oh, good. Can everybody echo it too? Nah, there's more people than that. Let's try that again. Thank you. Shifting your now. Shifting the now. Shifting our now. Shifting the now. Now we're shifting. Amen. And so today I'm going to, I have the privilege to start. And I tell you, starting this series, it's not my... That's not my strength at all, but I didn't have a choice. So I'm, I get to start this series. Shifting the now. Shifting the now. Our Bible text for this series is Act 2. I do not have my phone. I'm media, please. You are my... Today we are connected. Please. Act 2, 135. We're not reading the entire thing. But who knows the story? Act 2, 135. Who knows the story? Who knows the story? With hands. Who knows the story? Who knows the story? Four, five, five people? Wow. So we have to read Acts 2, 135. Do we have to? All right. Acts 2, 135, we know the disciples in Acts 1, the disciples met with Jesus, and Jesus ascended, and he told them to wait for the promise of the Father. And in Acts 2, from verse 1, it talks about them in one accord in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, waiting for that promise. And so today, I would, I will... Try to touch the beginning, the middle, and the end of shifting the now. And then every other Sunday, they'll break it down. We good? We good? All right, so today I'm going to break shifting the now into two. The first one is embracing your... We're going to write. Please, I have notes here, so you have to have notes too. Thank you very much. We're breaking it down into two. Embracing your season. And I'll get the second one to you when we get there. But we start with embracing your season. Embracing your season. And I, the first thing that came to mind in embracing your season is, what season are we now? What's the weather like? What's the season? Oh, wow. Some people are not sure. <laughs> okay, we are in fall. Um, and I can see that people are changing their outfit. Got some sweaters, some jackets, um, and I think about that. And the first thing that comes to mind is how easy we are adaptable to the weather change. I think from the by the time you start to see 60, oh God, fall is coming. Fancy 54 goes back to 70, back to 54. Mentally, you start to prepare yourself. Okay, where are those my cute sweaters? Where are the boots? Where are all of that? Like my outfit, and. And I, I, that is easy for us as physical beings. But as spiritual beings, we do not adapt to season changes at all. Um, when a season is in, we are looking forward to the next season, even before the season is over. That is our, that's basically our spiritual life. And today, the first part I'm going to talk about embracing the season that you're in. Um, embracing the season that you're in. James 1, 2 to 3. James 1, 2 to 3, we're going to read it. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. 
Please and thank you. All right, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Showing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The testing of your faith produces patience. So weird that the person that wrote this was beheaded. But he said, testing your, um, testing your faith produces patience. If you look at the life of the disciples before they became apostles, I will talk about disciples. Do we understand that? Yeah. About good children. All right, so um, we talked about disciples who are apostles. And as disciples, they had Jesus covering them. When someone is trying to attack them, Jesus comes with his beautiful parable, and the man goes there, and the seed comes here, and when he's done, everybody disappears. He saves them. But after he left, when Jesus gave them the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gave them boldness. The, the apostles, the things that they went through, it's not even close to what we are going through. If you, if you, remember, if you know the story of Stephen, Stephen was stoned to death. James was beheaded. Paul, that guy, he refused to die. Eventually he died, but he refused to die. They'll kill him, he'll wake up, they'll kill him, he'll wake up. That's, that that will come back. Jesus was teaching the disciples something about enduring the pain for a longer gain. But the disciples did not pay attention to the longer gain. They paid attention to the pain. That's why they disappeared. And he met them again in Act 1. He told them, wait for me. Another pain. Wait for the promise of the Father. These guys did not know when the promise was going to come. Locked themselves up. We're going to wait for the promise. Day 1. Day 2. Day 3. Day 4. Day 5. Nothing. Day 6. Day seven. By day six, some of us have gone. By day seven, maybe like two people will be left. But then by day ten, if you read, if you read from the death to the resurrection and to the Pentecost, you understand the time. But ten days, they waited for the promise of the Father. And then the Holy Spirit came. I'm, I'm painting a picture for you, and I want you to follow me. And after the Holy Spirit came, give them boldness. If you read Acts 2, they came down. Same things that Joel was saying, same things that prophets were saying. Excited, raising up the lame, all of that. And then the pain came again. Those, that, that season, that is season. But you see, the disciples before Pentecost and disciples after Pentecost were different. The disciples after Pentecost was okay to go through the suffering. They were excited that I counted joy to go through this suffering. Because I go through it for my father. I go through it for Jesus. I go through it for the church. And so, bringing back to us, how many of us are in a season of pain? But then we don't understand that there have been a season of preparedness. There have been a season of preparation, sorry. A season of preparation for the pain. But we don't look at it like that. We don't look at it like I have been prepared for this. You look at it with the eye. This is all darkness. But change the way you look at it. If you look at it from straight, try the side, try to go to the side and see, how do I look at this? How do I look at this? You, understand? you know the story of Mary? Mary was a virgin. Mary was about to get married. Had the engagement pictures. Everything ready. And then the angel came. You are pregnant. But she understood that that pregnancy was going to lead to the salvation of the entire world. So she was ready to go through the shame. If they had to move, they moved. Everything they had to do to secure the life of the Savior. 
We all, we didn't, we didn't, I'm sure we did, not, we did not get the only story we got about Jesus before he was 30 was when he was 12. So what happened between 1, to, 1 and 30, 12 and 30? Mary and Joseph. This guy cannot die. How many of us are killing the promise that is in our hands? Because we can't go through the pain. We can't go through the pain. The Israelites complaining. We are hungry. I want to go back. Back looks nice. At least we eat in Egypt. And the Lord gave them manna. But how did they treat the manna? One instruction. Take what is enough for your family alone. But they kept it. That's what we do with the promise. We think that because keeping that will save us tomorrow. That's what the Israelites thought. Till they saw maggots in their house. Pain, we all know working out. Pain is gain. Pain is gain. Do not think that you want to skip the season. Don't skip the season. You will go back to it. When we, when we look at our lives and we look for patterns, and we say this pattern is happening all over and over again, there are two things. One is negative pattern, one is good pattern. Have you passed the good one? It might not look like good to you, but have you passed the good ones? Abraham, we all know the story of Abraham. Abraham was 75 when he met with God. And you know, I'm sure, I don't know what he was thinking, but maybe his thought process is, I met with this person that could give me a child. But then he waited 25 years. Did Abraham 75 and Abraham 100 are two different people? Two different people. Because when God asked him to give him that same promise, he did not hesitate. If God had given Abraham the promise at his 76th year, he would have hesitated. But you see that 25 years, the Lord used it to build a relationship with him. And so that's what his Lord is using the season for. Because it cannot be a God that gives you when you ask. You only come to him when you need something, not a Lord that you serve because he is. Wow. Bible says he is and he's the rewarder. You have to know that he is first. Yes. And that is what the season does. The season gives you that understanding that he is. <laughs> the season gives you the understanding that he is. Then you get to he is the rewarder. Don't try to skip the season. 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 Look at it with the eyes that the Lord is using to look at the same season as well. What does he want me to know in this season? What does he want me to learn in this season? But then there's another side to it. When you need to look at it based on the promise that the Lord has given you, not the circumstances. Some of us, we forget that the Lord has given us an instruction before the season even started. The Lord, the, the, the Lord gave Mary an instruction before she had the baby. And that instruction took her for 30 years. Probably beneath those 30 years, the Lord never said anything else. The Lord is giving, has given us one instruction. But we have this very myopic thinking of trying to, maybe he's talking in Proverbs. Because he always, or maybe he's talking in parable like he always does. Maybe that's not what he actually meant. Maybe that was exactly what she meant, word for word. Word for word. But you see those instructions is what will take you through the season. Those instructions, see those promises. I promise that you will graduate. Year one, no, nothing else. Year two, no other word. Year three, nothing else. But see that one promise at the beginning, he said that I will graduate. Even in year three, you kind of have to go back to year two. Year three, there was no money. There was just something. But that one instruction. 
He said, I will graduate. Embrace the season that you are in. Do not run after a season you don't know about. Embrace the season that the Lord has put you in. Because the Bible says all things, even the good, the bad, the terrible seasons, the things you don't understand, works together for good. All things. Now there's one condition. Those who are in Christ. Those who are in Christ. And so we'll go to the next one. What's the first one? All right. So the second one, a season of darkness. A season of actual darkness. Not the darkness we make it to be, but actual darkness. Now that's a season where you need him to step into. That's a season where you need him to come and be God. Now that's a season that you know that, okay, I'm not supposed to be here. Based on what God has said. Not based on what you think. The season of darkness. And so this second season, we're going to look at different ways in which we can invite God to step in. Did, did everyone understand embracing the season? I, I did not waste my time. All right. Thank you. Because I'm, I'm sure everybody wants to hear this one. God is going to step in and change it and forget that there's some seasons you also have to embrace. We're going to start with the story of Canaan, the Canaan wedding. John, John 2, 1 to 11. Who knows the story? Who knows the story? Who knows the story? Thank you. I, mean, I know that I don't have to read 1 to 11. Thank you. John 2, 1 to 11. Jesus was invited to a wedding. Bear in mind, this was just the beginning, so most of them did not know him as the Savior. They didn't know him as that miracle worker. They knew him, as, him and his friends as a guest. And so he was invited to a wedding. His mother was there. It was all fun and all nice. And in those days, the taste of wine is the determinant of how good the wedding is. It's kind of like directly proportional. And so, the, we all know that at the beginning of the wedding in those days, not all of us, some of us know, that at the beginning of the wedding, they give the good wine, and at the end, they give the bad wine. So if you're late to do African time, you take the bad wine. And so they came to this wedding, everybody excited, everybody rejoicing, and then something happened that should not happen. That should not happen. I want us to understand that word. It shouldn't happen. And the wine finished. Everybody's going, oh my God, we're supposed to be the top of the best wedding. Bella and I are supposed to pick this. What's going on? This shouldn't look like that. And then Mary comes and goes to meet a guest. Jesus was a guest. He wasn't invited to do anything else but be a guest. And then Mary goes and says, my son, I know you can do these wonderful things, but this is what is going on. And then the, the guy goes, please, what's my concern? It's not my business. I came as a guest. But she did something. See, there's something you do that you get the attention of heaven. She did something. She went there and said, please, whatever he says, do it. Now she's trapped him. Because he said, whatever he said, do it. And he, and he stands, people are waiting. Sir, what did you say? <laughs> so he had to say something. He said, okay. They trapped me. Okay, bring this water. Do that, do that. And that was the first miracle that was recorded. There's something you're going to do when it's not the season it should look like that would get the attention of heaven. When someone is asking you to sow a seed, and you're thinking about the people that will spend the money <laughs> to change your season. You, you cannot do the same thing and get a, the same result. You have to do something different. Mary did something different. 
you have to do something different. If it's that you pray for one hour, add five minutes to it. What, if it's that you worship for 30 minutes and then you go back to bed, why don't you stand and try to do that for 45 minutes? You have to do something different. Heaven has to say, somebody's knocking at our door. We kind of have to answer. That's the first one. Do something. Do something. Thank you. Now the second one is prayer and fasting, like we're doing. I'm going to man, the Bible stories fun. Stories from Judges. No, I, I, didn't, I was shocked. Judges 19 and verse 20. Now we all know the 12 tribes of Israel. Some of us know the 12 tribes of Israel. And Judges 20, there was a fight between the Israelites and the Benjamites. Now we are seeing the entire nation fighting one tribe. All because one man, another woman, prostitute, rape, that it was a whole thing. And now, the Israelites came, were about to fight. They brought 400,000 men. The Benjamites, this is everybody in our village, 26,000. And then it was time to fight. On the first hour, the Benjamites killed 22,000 out of the Israelites. That makes no sense. 400, get the math. 400,000 to 26,000. 26,000 killed 22,000 out of 400,000. And the people were like, what is going on? They went back, all went to the temple. I don't think all of them, some of them went to the temple. Oh God, this shouldn't happen. It makes no sense. Should we go? No, they didn't go. Second time, they killed 18,000. Ah. Israel said, okay, this is spiritual. <laughs> and this time, everybody, everybody, 22 plus 18. 40. <laughs> 40 minus 400,000. 360,000. 360,000 men went to the temple and they spent a day with the Lord. They brought sacrifices. They were fasting for morning. They said, we're not going to leave you until you give us a new strategy. What is going on? Now, God said, okay, now you're ready. Pray and fasting. Pray and fasting. We're doing, today is day seven. I don't know how many of you have actually started the fast. You cannot invite someone to step in when you've not done what is, what is necessary on your end. Day seven, if you've not started, it's not too late. I had a revelation a while back. I'm not going to tell you that because even though some of you will be lazy. But it's not too late. It's not too late. Tomorrow is day eight. I already ate this morning. Okay, day eight, I'm going to start. Pray and fasting. This guy stayed with the Lord and said, Father, we are going to stay with you. We're praying, we're fasting, all of them, not some of them. And they went back, and now it makes sense. Day one, pray and fasting. And the last one is hope. Hope. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's where I'm going to stop. Hope, faith is a fabric in which hope is a part of. There's nothing wrong with hoping. There's nothing wrong with hoping. 
You know, sometimes when things don't make sense, you are not certain. I prayed, but this did not happen. The, there's the man of God in our church. He prays. Everything, goes, everything is good. You can see that he's a true Christian. And then something happens to him. Jesus shouldn't die. Does miracles. And then he dies. James does miracles too. You would think they're going to cut his head. The knife will not go through. But he went through. There's a lot of uncertainty that we live with. There's so many things that we're not certain of. So what hope does is that hope gives those certain, uncertain things life. That's what hope does. I believe and I know and I have the hope that God is going to do this. I believe and I know and I have a hope that God is going to do that. But there is one dimension of hope that is certain. And that is, as much as I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that most of you have heard and listened and learned. But you see this dimension of hope? If a Christian doesn't have this, every other thing is useless. Every other thing, don't even bother praying. They, they, don't, they, they become vain. And that hope is blessed hope. Please write it down. Blessed hope. Blessed hope. Titus 2 verse 13. Titus 2 verse 13. Thank you. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this is the fabric that Christian was made out of, the blessed hope. The blessed hope. The blessed hope is the hope that you don't, not just use on earth, but you use outside of this realm. This, that hope doesn't end when you die. It's more active after you die. But they asked the wise man a question. They said, what is the biggest problem of the entire world? And he says, death. He says, the reason he doesn't understand why people haven't thought about it, that everybody's going to die. I'm not here to scare, scare you, but it's true. Everybody's going to die. But what speaks for you after you die? The blessed hope. The blessed hope. There'll be a time, can I have Revelations 20, verse 11 to 15? I'm going into Revelation. In. There'll be a time when the, the, the faith, the prayers, the fasting, the doing something different, it's not going to count. There'll be a time when that is the only thing that you have left. There's going to be a season in your life that you will pray, you will fast. You would give everything that's in your account. You would do something different. And the blessed hope is what will keep you. Revelations 20, 11 to 15. The blessed hope is what will keep you. The blessed hope is what will keep you. Let's start from 12. Please, if you're looking here, look. If you're opening your Bible. But I want everyone to look at this. There will be a time that the grave will have to give up the dead. The sea will have to give up the dead. It says, then I saw the dead, the small and great, standing before God. See, that's the time where it doesn't care if you're a president. Does it, if you're a minister, if you're a senator. 
it makes no difference. The person that you insulted yesterday will be in front of you. The person that you think you are greater than will be behind you. And it says, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead was judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. Next verse. Is it going to come to that? The sea gave up the dead that was in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one, according to their works. That is a season. Everything that you go through that you think is a big deal, it's not going to be a big deal. Right now, all of the things that you think, Father, I shouldn't be here. See, if you have blessed hope, you do not care. It becomes, so it's not like you're immune, but you still have joy that anything that happens, at least if Jesus comes, I'm good. Next verse, the blessed hope. The next one. And anyone, I love the Bible. It's not anyone that is yellow. Anyone that is Christian. Anyone that is whatever. It says anyone not found written in the book of life. You think it's only the physical people that knows your name? The spirit knows your name. The book knows your name. It says anyone not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Anyone, anyone. And so, above, um, um, above everything else I've talked about, they are very important because we're still here and we still have to get things done. But above everything else, the blessed hope is what we need. That is a need. It is not a want, it's not a maybe. It is a need. It is a need. It is a need. As a Christian, if you do not have the blessed hope, you should not be called a Christian. Because this, or this, the Christianity was, was built out of that hope. After Jesus ascended in Acts 1, they were looking up. Oh my God, he's going. And then some, there comes a couple of men. They walked up to him, obviously they were angels. And they were like, what are you looking at? He said, our Savior is going. He said, no. The same way it goes is the same way it's going to come. See, everything else is uncertain. But you see, that one thing, it is for sure. It is for sure. It is for sure. If you're here, everything I've said, beautiful. But you know, because the trumpet is going to sound. I want things to change in my life. But I want to have the blessed hope. See, they work hand in hand. You have the blessed hope. You are sure that Jesus will step in. You are sure that he's going to step in because he steps in for those he loves and those that love him. God loves everybody, but not a lot of people love him. He's stepping for those that loves him. And so if you're here and you know, when I put this message together, I had to rededicate my life. Because I've been so sold out with physical things happening. I've been so sold out with my prayer requests coming to pass. Excuse me. God, I want this. 
God, I want that. God, I want this. I don't like my car. I need a new one. Then I came to a realization that I have foiled everything in the physical, but I haven't foiled the blessed hope. And so if you're here and you know that if the trumpet will sound today, you're going to be here. And this mic will be on the floor. I'm gone. <laughs> and you can come pick it up and pick up from where I left. You can come and preach. But you know that the trumpet will sound and you still remain here. The Bible says that if you will be proud of me before men, it said that I will be proud of you and I will speak of you before my father. I'm not going to ask you to raise one finger. I'm going to ask you to step up. Because it doesn't, it will not matter. The same people that say, oh my God, they're going to see me. But I am going to heaven. And so you know, I had it, I think I do. I never rededicated my life. I never gave my life to Christ. But I just believe that I know. Anyone whose name is not found in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. This is why we do what we do. As, yeah, we pump our living here. We pump us living good. But heaven is key. It says that some of us, you come to me and say, I do not know you. And you say, but I did this, I did that. And you say, I do not know you. Your works will be tested by fire. So if you know you've not given your life to Christ, please all heads, all heads bow, all eyes closed, just in case it doesn't help them. It helps them work. But you know that you do not have the blessed hope. Please come from. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.